Right. Okay. As we, uh, yeah, very uh, important day for some. <clears throat> if you're, um, you know, inclined towards uh, history or whatever, um, this would be that day for you. That uh, you know, uh, red letter day. That would be the the day that you would say, "Well, this was the beginning." Of the beginning of the end. But I have a little bit different take on it. And, you know, I, I look at it in kind of like a line of things. And I, I see how, you know, even what I was saying last night, how they fell apart, then it fell apart. It fell apart already. And so the raid just shows it fell apart. Does that make sense? I know Charles likes that. <laughs> it fell, because it fell apart already. It fell up. I should have named it that. It fell apart already. I should have gotten Moby's song. And then it fell apart. Remember that? Back in the 90s? Anyway. But yeah, it fell apart. And, um, and you're not going to put it back together. No. It, it's uh, probably the... Okay, I'll just step out and say it. I predicted yesterday that the uh, markets would react, you know, as it fell apart, that they would be up and then down and then and then choppy and then down, down, you know, pressure down. Uh, with this, uh, the advent of the specter of this grand theft of uh, the big Jew, Chucky, the clown Schumer. And, uh, you know, I, I think the big Jew is really going to... Uh, no, I can say that. I can say the big Jew. I can say the big Jew about myself. I'm gonna, but he said he's the big Jew, so I'm saying what he wants. That's his pronoun, the big Jew. So, so here's the thing: it fell apart. Okay, we've been riding this, this, uh, this. Uh, you know, we've been having like you know, eternal kind of. Um, multi-dimensional vision in watching it, you know, all of us have, because we're seeing, you know, when the Lord shows us a truth, like, you know, the Lord's TV, okay, the Lord has got, like, news TV, and we're watching God TV, you know what I mean? It's multi-dimensional. We can't really comprehend it, but we can certainly watch it and let it go in, right? And then we see all these things, like, we see all these scriptures come to life, and Really, we need to understand that, you know, it says in the Bible, you know, God will, um, you know, uh, make good that which was meant for harm to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I quote this scripture all the time. Um, he he, t he takes that which was meant for harm and it, and it just, you know, it's almost like the proverbial cartoon. It's always backfiring you know, on the, on the bad guys, you know. And he, he will uh, make it. But the other thing is we have to already have logged in. It fell apart. And we have had words to that effect that we've been writing. I've been looking back at my substack, and it's kind of got a little flow like that. Like, I don't know if you call it absolute, you know, confirmation, I predict this, and then in linear time that happens. But it's the, the flow of truth. You know, that it's it's within the parameters of what we're seeing here. Whether I do substack, I do this, I do whatever I do. It's got this kind of flow 
that goes something like this, okay? It's, it's like, yes, it fell apart. And we know because we know they had plans already, right? They were pushing the COVID-19 and pushing the jabs and wanted to make it universal. Then that whole thing fell apart. And we knew, and the reason it fell apart is because of you and me. It's because of prayer. Well, we do need to pray for, you know, all the frontline people and, and you know, obviously, and America and the people. Uh, my main prayer is, Lord, in Jesus' name, please wake the people up and teach them that uh, holding on to their jobs and their paycheck uh, just to be saddled up to these uh, monsters is only going to get them killed and only going to get their children killed as well. And, you know, they won't be living... A, uh, another prophetic kind of thing I had was, I know this doesn't make a lot of sense, but um, that I saw them, you know, beginning to raid the houses in Beverly Hills. Now, I mean, this has been something I've seen, oh, for, you know, some time. And by Beverly Hills, I mean the flats above Santa Monica Boulevard and below Sunset. And, um, you know, and, and really more close to like Beverly Drive and Rodeo Drive. You know, in that area, this kind of close to the, you know, not far from the Wilshire, Santa Monica, you know, cross, uh, streets crossing. And, um, you know, and, and they've been doing that. And I've, I've, because I've always thought to myself, there's no gate here. You know, <laughs> anybody could get there. It's just down Santa Monica from, from West Hollywood, down, you know, uh, the other way from West LA, from the Mormon, Mormon Temple. And then, you know, up Wilshire from, uh, you know, Westwood, Brentwood, you know, areas. And so there's this concentration of wealth. Beverly Hills from Wilshire Boulevard, on the one hand, all the way over to Doheny, uh, to Doheny and the borderline of West Hollywood. So Doheny and Sunset, let's say, is that that's the border to, you know, once you cross that, you're in West Hollywood. Once you cross Doheny the other way, going west, you're in Beverly Hills, in the flats of Beverly Hills, which is sunset to Santa Monica. And like I say, there's no um, gates, there's no nothing. And some of these houses are, you know, $20 million. You know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, some people, there was a time where people would buy two lots and they'd just build this giant mansion. I know one guy that did that was uh, this famous guy, um, Herb Alpert. Remember Herb Alpert? I know a couple of you. <laughs> You're too old. <laughs> you can't remember that. Anyway, Herb Alpert, the Tijuana Brass, and uh, and also Herb Alpert was the founder of A&M Records. And he bought, like, on, and the, all these people lived in the flats. You know, the uh, the Supremes, uh, Diana Ross, she lived in the flats in that area, around either Maple, Maple and Elevato area, I think. And he was on Maple, like they have different streets named for trees, like Elm, Maple, Alpine, etc. Okay, and um, so he had a double lot, and you know made it one big giant house. You know, down, at that time, I guess this, you know, going back 30, 30, 40 years, at that time, there wasn't a security problem. And remember this. You've got all this flow of traffic coming from, like, very close by. You've got the Sunset Strip, you know. So you've got all this traffic coming off the Strip, which is, you know, 
And God knows what kind of condition these people are in. You know, the Anne Hatch being a marker. Anne Hatch is a prophetic marker. You know, the Anne Hatch, you know, well, I'll tell you what it means. It's uh, She has a very interesting persona in all this, you know, I mean, in the way I look at things. Uh, she may die, you know, probably. Um, so that might be a good thing, you know, depending on her injuries. You know, it might be a more humane thing. Maybe, maybe she'll live. If she does live, then I think it would confirm that she is really the reigning queen of the end of Hollywood. You know, can I put it that way? So today, the raid was all I had to do um, was I just had to look at the reaction. And I, and I do this over people's shoulder. I, I had an account at Twitter at one time. I didn't use it. You know what I mean? I'd call myself the seer, the seer here, the seer there, you know, just kind of keeping it low key so I could look at things, you know. And I, but what happened is when I, I, I got so irritated at the posts that I see there that I thought, well, I better get out of here because if I hang around here, I'm going to get so mad, I'm going to say stuff that I'm going to regret. And I know people have gone to jail uh, for, for their Twitter posts. So I'm, you know, it, you know, discretion is the better part of valor. I think that's a, Probably, you know, for me, I have, I guess, anger issues with, with uh, I get frustrated with people that, I know there are people who get frustrated with me for not being on their page, not seeing it the way they see it, too. And they're trying to convince me of something. And, um, and I, you know, usually when an atheist tries to convince me of something, anything, you know, almost any, I don't, I don't tend to agree. It just doesn't go into sync. Do you know what I mean? There's just like a lack of, it's just, there's no cohesion there. So an atheist taints, you know, if you're an atheist, you end up tainting the entire body of information, including all consciousness with your atheism. And that's a certain vibe, it's a certain frequency. And then a God person is submitted to God. In other words, my, my reward, you know, like when I get all bummed out at myself, I give it over to God because my reward as a person, my acknowledgement as a person, my attaboy, if you will, you know, we all need an attaboy from our dads, right? From, from mom, you know, and from mom, we need, oh, you know, you know, my son is number one, an attaboy from dad. Well, we don't, you know, most of us don't get that. So God becomes, in a sense, you know, he is the attaboy and the and the and the and the you know the the Holy Spirit, you know, mom, affirmation of our of our you know, of our being masterpieces, of our being perfect, perfected, of our of our not of doing no wrong, of our being fearfully, wonderfully made, of all these things. So my self esteem, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, comes from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit. You know, and, you know, I, it, it's bolstered even more as I'm in the scriptures. The more Bible I read, you know, because it's true, it's a true book, and they say, well, I have all these contradictions. I go, you understand, it's true with whatever you think are contradictions. It's, it's all true. There's three or four Yahwehs in the Bible. One of them likes, you know, wants human sacrifice. And, and I say, um... Uh, Yahweh is a mystery you can't unlock if you say you're an atheist or you think that you, your knowledge is superior to God. If you, if you have that kind of attitude, 
then you will never, ever open those scriptures. They will never open up to you. If you feel your your thoughts and your ways are superior and you're going to apply your uh, great knowledge to the Bible rather than having it apply itself to you, you know, there's, there's just a difference there. So the people of God tend to be to submit to God. So from God comes our, you know, self-esteem. Um, what I think about myself, you know, like what I think about through the, when I slip and fall down to that world vibe, I think of myself as I hate myself. That's how I think of myself. So there's not, not far left for me to fall. But through the lens of God and the Holy Spirit, you know, do I, 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 I see, I get, my self-esteem is restored. In other words, my regard for self, it's not like a regard like, you know, focusing on me in a carnal or physical, uh, you know, a kind of material way. It's more like that approval, that vibe, that love vibe, that, 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 you know, you're, you, you know, you're, uh, you don't need us to compliment you. You don't need us to say anything because you've already got it. I'm already buoyed up from that. And then when I'm not, but that that rug gets pulled out every once in a while by my own flesh, by my own sin, uh, by my own insecurity. I'm very insecure. I mean, it's, you know, the only reason I'm able to do what I do now is because work creatively, collaboratively, and and all that is because I don't uh, take anything really seriously or personally. And I couldn't do that before. But that's because my self-esteem doesn't come from my job or whatever job I'm working on, whatever project I'm working on. Doesn't, it doesn't come from that or, or from, you know, book sales or from, you know, it, it doesn't come from that. My self-esteem comes from the Lord and his approval of me in the first place. And then with that kind of, of confidence, I can slay a lot of sins, right? I can really be victorious over sins, but not me that's victorious. It's the Lord that brought me up into that. He said, look, you know, here's my love for you. Here's my approval of you. Here's my, what I think of you. Here's what I made when I made you. You're the only one that can do what you do. You know, all those things, you know, all those good things. But that's where the self-esteem comes from. So even if uh, I fail in the world or doing something or whatever, it's not like the end of the world or you got to commit suicide or something like that because the Lord is is my you know my strength, my savior. I can do nothing uh, without Jesus, you know. And Jesus said in, in, in the Word. You can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing, he said, exactly like that. You can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Without the Lord, I not only can do nothing, but I feel like I'm nothing. Saying the Lord likes people like me because I feel so bad about myself. No, I know it's, it's, it's abuse. I, it, there's no reason to feel bad, really, you know. It's... Um, It just, it was part of all the, 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 the past and it, it just clings. It's just like, you know, you're worthless, kill yourself. And, and I know my daughter had that hor- horrible thing too. And, and no matter how much I would tell her that I love her, and she's beloved and she's wonderful and all those things, 
still she killed herself. You know, and 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 yes, we could make mistakes. So when the rugs pulled out, we take it all on ourselves, and all of a sudden it all returns. How awful we are, because we're now not in alignment with God. And during that time like that, yes, we could kill ourselves. We could drive a car at ninety miles an hour into another car or house or jump off a bridge or anything. You know, it's a very very. The process of survival here on Earth. You know, people like us are not supposed to survive. We're supposed to eventually be the ones that take it on ourselves and and make the rest of them feel better because we sacrifice ourselves, you know. Whatever their opinion of us, whatever they think, oh, you're right, I'm just a piece of shit, yeah. And then they feel better, right? But your real role is in Christ and then... From that, you have, well, I am masterpiece. Yes. But not me. It, it's the Lord, you know, and, and what he makes, what he touches. And so, therefore, my self-esteem comes from the Lord, not from man, and not from my performance. And not, I mean, I mean it takes longer to, to surrender to the Lord when I'm angry with myself. And I feel I could have done better, but I didn't. And then I'm going to beat myself up for a while. And that's something that the Lord says is unnecessary, but but we do it anyway. You know, and um, what I've learned about all this is that it's a very delicate balance and that, you know, to stay in the grace of God is takes, you know, takes a completely concentrated effort. And, um, you know, fasting, praying can help as well. I mean, just... Whatever you can do, you know, I divide it into different things. Uh, people think fasting and praying is the only way to get in alignment with God. That's not, not true. There's, let's compare these acts of getting into alignment with, just, just for briefly, with Hinduism for a second. Because Hinduism is the most ascetic of the ascetic religion, of the, you know, renunciant religion, right, of, of renouncing the world, Religion, right? Which is which is what Jesus is famous for is for separating his flock from the world, and you know, so they have things like okay, so we look at uh, Hinduism through yoga, let's say. So we have karma yoga. Okay, in the in the in the Christian world, we have karma yoga too. Karma yoga, karma just meaning you know the the the, the basically cause and effect. You know, what do you affect a good cause? Karma yoga. So that would be, um, you know, doing God's will in works upon the earth. Okay. So that's karma yoga. No, no, I'm not in agreement with yogi. If I, if I were, I would be a yogi or something. I'm not in a, you know, don't go there. I'm saying, okay, so in, in, in following Christ, you have good works. You know, taking care of widows and orphans. Helping to, um, helping people. You know, helping to uh, uh, either make the world a better place. You know, one of the great works we, we are called to do is sacrificing our own needs for some, someone else or something greater or something, you know, something worthwhile, you know. Um, uh, and even being silent about it. And not boasting about it, you know, to 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 be in silent concert with God in that way, 
to bring about a you know a better world, you know, a world of God's will. So there's works. Okay, so in in, in his, you also have, um, you, you know, you have say like a meditation, and and that I would liken to okay, someone staying in prayer. You're fat. In other words, re- renouncing the world and going into the word. And remaining there, you know, and remaining, you know, just realizing you want to just be in that world and you need to communicate with your your people, your family, your home. And so, because we get disconnected so easily, and when that happens, of course, bam, the enemy comes in. Okay, then there's, um, you know, fasting, of course, and uh, that becomes another concentration. There's also... Um, Focusing on, you know, one thing I like to do is focus on the name, like a kind of a, I guess it's a kind of meditation, focusing on the name, say, like Yahweh or Yahuwah, or any derivation when you use your breath, breathing in and out, and just, just kind of like be still and know that I am God. And there's a number of other uh, exercises. In I think in the yogas, there's karma yoga, there's, you know, city yoga, there's there's uh, hatha yoga, you know, different body positions, and all these are disciplines to create union with God. Uh, yoga meaning union with God, you know. And, and and of course, it's no, it's okay. You don't. I'm not. I'm not here to teach Hinduism. Um, just making a comparison that you know, and and in, in, okay, in, in Buddhism, <laughs> Buddhism, um, you also have. You know, you have the uh, what's called the eightfold path, and the eightfold path is designed to doing. It's it's like, almost like a, you know, doing the good works, and part of which is called right mindfulness. Right mindfulness comes from meditation uh, on Buddhism, on you know, the, under the Bodhi tree. You know, in the, you know, to be good to. And what what is Buddhism about? What is how can I sum it up into a a very quick. Primer, I guess, like I always say, you know, all these religions really are about desire. You know, the Ten Commandments is especially uh, keen on desire. You know, we will, not, you know, no adultery. Um, you know, no, no, you know, vengeance is mine, say the Lord. You know, there's uh, love your neighbors yourself. Um, uh, you know, and all the rest of them. It's it's all it's all you know, it's all about um, you know ultimately forgiving, letting go. For, forgiveness is is really like letting go. So letting go of those things that you know stuck in your craw and got you mad, and you know was uh, uh, unrepentant sin on somebody else's part against you and. It never got adjudicated, and it's never okay. It's always been like a scab over a pretty well gaping wound. Maybe it was from child abuse or from something like that. But forgiveness is really you know, letting it go. I mean, into letting it go and shutting the door on it, forgetting about it. You know, letting it go and then not have it keep coming back in some form or another. You know, especially getting triggered by people that remind you of the situation and then creating this litany of feelings and horrors that are not even, you know, supposed to be in this realm of, of existence because it happened twenty, thirty years ago. 
So all those things tend to keep people, you know, held down in bondage and feeling bad, feeling real bad, you know, feeling like, you know, they're failures. And um, the world has offered its alternative. I mean, I'm, you know, it's a, kind of a rough night since, you know, we were following the, uh, you know, tracking, well, I was tracking the, uh, to see what else the FBI would do at, at Mar-a-Lago, because we're going to talk about that in a minute, but um, I think you kind of get, get the idea of where I'm, you know, trying to go, that really, you know, to deal with the world, you know, as it is right now, you need supernatural um you know, strength, help, uh, comfort, but a supernatural, you know, place to, to be. And any number of methods, you know, okay, fasting off the internet, you know, fasting on food and water, fasting on, you know, renouncing, or like in, like I said, Hinduism is a good, it's a good religion to talk to, for renunciation. You know, it's kind of like um, the Christian asceticism is very similar to Hindu asceticism and even in Buddhist asceticism as well, the whole goal of which is to quench desire. In other words, if I can quench desire, then you know, if I don't have desire, then I'm not going to, you know, first of all, I don't have to worry about any kind of adultery or, you know, uh, you know, sexual sin or wanting the other guy's wife or any of that other stuff. I, I don't. It, that's gone. And um, if I quench desire, the, the need to murder my neighbor for insulting me or whatever, you know, for blowing his head off with a shotgun, it's gone. You know, that, 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 because that's always a loser position. Violence is always, you know, the last resort. That, that just, you know, we specialize in violence here. We teach our kids that violence is okay because we have a military. We could be violent. It's still wrong. It's still a sin. <laughs> yeah. Well, war is a fact of life, son. Yeah, that's right. You keep telling yourself that. And I'll let my God teach me what he knows, which is more than you. <laughs> Thank God. But, uh, okay, so by quenching desire, by not having, you know, a... You know, desire be driving me. It gets rid of um, all the sins, really, that you can make. All these sins of desire, uh, you know, when they're engaged in, which humanity does all the time because they don't know any different. They've never really had teaching about all this. So they don't understand when I engage in sin, what it's secondary. What's happening is desire is getting the better of me, and so now I'm sinning. You know, I want and I don't have. Okay, so I steal. So I lie. I, I, I you know, or I want and I don't have, so I, you know, c- commit, you know, these other sins with, you know, the other guy's wife, I, I slander uh, my brother thinking I could get ahead because I have desire to get ahead. So I trash my brother in order to boost myself 
And that's one of humanity's biggest sins, or the most ubiquitous of sins, would be trashing the other guy to move yourself ahead. And um, again, but that's the secondary sin. The first sin is desire. It's not a sin. It's not something we do... um, like we say, I'm going to, you know, I have desire, I'm going to use it. It's something that's it's, it's, it's innate within us, this desire. And in Buddhism, in the Four Noble Truths, which is the, the first tenets of Buddhism, it says, you know, all life and suffering is number one. The Bible pretty much says the same thing. You know, life on earth is suffering unless you get to know God, unless you get to know Jesus, you get to know the scriptures, you get to know wisdom. Then life op- can open up to you, but it can't open up to you if you're just, you know, like an animal, just indulging in whatever desire you have. So in the Four Noble Truths, it's, you know, all life is suffering. The second truth is that, but there must be a, cause uh, to this suffering, which we have to find. Three says the cause of suffering is desire. There it is again. This is in their, their canon. This is in the Buddhist canon. And, 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 and then it says, okay, so uh, there must be an end to suffering then. So it's like this question, answer, question, answer. All life is suffering. Well, there's got to be a way to end suffering. Uh, yes, suffering is caused by desire. Well, there's got to be a way to get rid of uh, desire. And it, it says, yes, the, the Eightfold Path for Mahayana Buddhism, which is the, a path of being in the world but not of the world. And all, a lot of things that Jesus would teach were inherent in these other religions, and Buddhism and Hinduism and Eastern religions in general, Zen, uh, and some of the, uh, you, you know, the... Uh, the other religions of the West, which are a little more obscure, a little harder to find out about. But it's desire that uh, is felt that if you could get rid of desire, then you would stop being attached, because whatever you desire, you attach to. You glom on, you get on. You takes up your attention. You're on it, you're on it, and you can't get... Uh, uh. You can't get away from it. So to the extent you can quench desire, you stop grabbing on to things. And then that, of course, and in, in within that comes the end of sin. Because the priori cause is desire. The secondary aspect of sin, or you know, pulling the trigger... Is um, the is, is is secondary and not uh, primary. So I find that to be also very interesting parallels in religions, but parallels in understanding around the world of well, what causes the the is the downfall of humanity, of man's inhumanity to man? What is the the world causes all that? What we see today, these this deep state coup d'état, they're all there hold up in the State Department, the Justice Department, and around the president. They're all just this cabal. They're, they're, they're from secret societies, these people. You know, they're from guilds and societies. and They're in the club, if you will. And, and you know, it's like the club 
Oh, shit, we got to shut the door. We, gotta, we can't lose our foothold. We, we, we got this country now. And we, how are we going to keep it? You know, the people are now getting irate that we stole everything from them. We stole their land. We've taxed them to death. We made them sick. We've killed them with COVID. And they're almost ready to blame us for it. We've had a nice long run where they couldn't see anything we did. They didn't even think we killed Kennedy. They didn't think we did any of that stuff. And now, look, they're beginning to see. We better take it. And it's Trump. They, they, they all, they, Trump is, is being successful out there. That could bring us all down. And what is Trump doing? He wants a government for the people, by the people, just like what we're supposed to have. I mean, you know, I'm as angry with anyone else at Trump for the uh, pharma debacle. I mean, that was huge and bad, and I know, I'm, I don't even know what he, what he thinks about it. I just know that he did a lot of very good things, too, with the economy, trade, manufacturing, uh, breaking off with the Paris Accord. Uh, I could go on and on. There's, like, uh, you know, tons of achievements. And, and now that he's being attacked, because you know the next step is assassination, correct? You You know that, right? You understand where that once that happens, then they're busting your door down. And they're gonna take your kids, they're gonna kill you. So you better listen up because we're right there with the Bolshevik revolution here. We're right there, right there. But prior to this time, it fell apart. It fell apart. And um With COVID, you see, they had to get a lot more people dead, a lot more people jabbed. But there are still places that that require some kind of, you you know, in Sri Lanka to get gas, you have to have the the QR code to show you've been vaccinated to get gasoline or food. All of the things you see today also go back to Klaus Schwab and uh, the others in the WEF and all these, you know, G20, G7, these various organizations, secret societies, et cetera, et cetera. All these people consider themselves the, the owners, the people that run things around here, not you. And... Um, Again, as George Carlin said, right? And uh, they, for the first time, in my estimation, they seem to be losing it in some way. You know, to where um, they're panicked and they're, they're, they're making mistakes. Like this raiding of Miralago is a big mistake because the people all got outraged. <laughs> The people got outraged because it fell apart before they went to Miralago. They should have gone to Miralago you know, three, six months ago. But they didn't because they're too slow. Why are they slow? Because they can't go as fast as everything is moving. So, folks... 
they already lost, as we know. But what that means is it fell apart before, after sometime around the COVID, when that didn't really go completely successfully. And then they started thinking about, I'll tell you, we'll try to pinpoint exactly. They started trying to think about, okay, so we got to push the climate agenda because, you know, people, you know, believe that shit, right? They're duped into believing that. Hey, watch all these globalists, though. They build their houses right on the beach, right, right up, some of them right up to the high tide line. What do you think of that? All over the world, up in Seattle, Bill Gates, huh, Gates? Down in Mountain, he bought that place down in San Diego, paid $150 million for it. Right on the beach. Why would they do that if there's a global warming, you know, a global climate change? Answer, they would not, not one of them would put a house on the beach. No way. No way. And they wouldn't be riding around in their jet airplanes either. So it fell apart. And all their predictions came back to bite them with old clips from the 90s where they were saying there'll be no more beach in Florida. There'll be no more beach up in the uh, Northeast, up in Martha's Vineyard. There'll be no beach there. There'll be no more beach in Malibu, uh, you know, by the year uh, 2010. Do you remember that? Don't you see how people don't believe then, you see? And that's causing some awakening. But they're reluctant to awake because they get their paycheck from the system. Because if they argue with the system, they ain't no paycheck. And they make a fuss, there is no paycheck. Even if they say something pithy online, that might be interpreted to be a hostile comment. No more paycheck. Yeah, but I don't work in that industry. It's only one industry. There isn't two, three, there are not two, three, four, five, six industries. There's one industry, Satan. And many, you know, manifold, myriad jobs to do. But it's only one boss, one guy, one thing. And if they target you, which they don't need a lot of excuse to do, what happens? Well, there goes the paycheck. There goes the reputation. There goes the, you know, the good regard. You're a good citizen. And now we have 87,000 new IRS agents hired. And the whole purpose of them is to go after the uh, middle class and lower class, to go after the you know, the, the, the poor people, uh, to shake down people not paying their fair share. In other words, they're not going to go after their cronies, their fellow club members. They're going after you. You got plenty of equity there, and they want it. And then, so they get the IRS, so what do they do? They have schemes of you know being able to look at things where you've, you've done perfectly nothing wrong, You've filled out the form. You did everything right. You based on your income. You've done, you know, you've done the whole line item thing. You've 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 kept records of, from your lunch meetings and whatever you've tried to do. And then they seem to manage <laughs> manage to find something. And um, 
most people just blink and make a deal with them. Say, okay, I'm guilty. I guess I, you know, the, the IRS is the only people you can be tangling around with where you could actually be thrown in jail for being a little careless. You can actually, you can actually go to jail for just overlooking something or making a mistake. That is not America. Biden is a ruthless, disgusting, piece of shit dictator, okay? He never has been an American. His wife never has been American. They're elites. They wanted in. Biden didn't make a lot of money earlier in life, but later in life he was playing ball, had China in the hip pocket, had uh, Hunter on the scene, and had a lot of things going for him. So he was able to then, in the end of his life, the last part of his life, amass several houses with millions and millions of dollars because he didn't have those millions. He also got a Ferrari or whatever. He likes exotic cars. He couldn't afford one of those. What are you doing? Okay. No, don't eat that. Don't eat that, Ben. 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 He loved to eat that plant. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Don't please help. Oh. Oh. Come on, buddy. Uh, he, uh, he took out the uh, mics. He took out. He took out the power, Captain. Well, it's okay. <laughs> I like the energy. I, I don't know. You know, between Dasha's barking and Ben you know, jumping around on the wires, I don't know. I, I miss both of them, but uh, the barking can get could get old. I mean, you know, we had a kind of a truce toward the end, though. Dasha and I. You know, I'd sit down here. And then, then she'd have to go out and start barking. You know what I mean? Just like I would trigger. So, so Ben's is the opposite. When I sit here, he jumps up here. By, Give me a Ben. Ben's, get up here. Ben's, get up here, Ben's. Get up there. I wish I could show you some video of how cute Ben's is. What a, the puppy energy is like, he's got, you know, puppies are all naughty. Have you noticed that? There's like this naughty teenager energy. And I just love it. I, I mean, I don't want to let him get away with stuff, chewing up the sofas. and Really, the way things are so expensive today, no one can afford anything. That's, that's where you're going to have a, a depression coming up. That's where you need an alternative economy. Can the alternative economy come on fast enough to save people? <sighs> Only to the extent that people are willing to give up their comfort zone. And if they don't, well, if they keep sewing to the system, the system will eventually, you know, well, you, you know, this, they're the ones that get the jabs, right? Okay, I rest my case. So they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna get killed. And, you know, their children will be trafficked. It can get really brutal if, if, if people are cowards now. No, I'm not going to lie to you. It can get very, very brutal. Historically speaking, this is where you know, if we lose this, you know, your women are going to be put into prostitution. Your men will be put into modern-day slavery. And uh, it, it will be pure hell. And uh, meanwhile, the, the what they want to do, Agenda 2030, is get rid of the, the Southwest is what they like. They want to get rid of all the people there and all the people, you know, in the America and move them into compact cities to run the machines and stuff or whatever they need and then have the rest of it openly wilded for them. They don't give a damn about 
plants and animals and PETA and fish. And they don't care. They're the destroyers of the fish. They hate fish. They hate anything biological. Do you get that yet? If it's biological, they hate it. Right? Because, you know, the Almighty made it. So they hate it. It's very easy to understand where they're coming from. I was trying to you know, figure out why, if Harari was such a great scholar, why is his writing not that great? You know, why, why, what, what is the problem there? And the problem there is that his notion of what the future could be is pedantic, childish, um, silly, uh, not taking into account the vast wonders of God, but his own idea of wonders. You know, never having ventured outside his own mind. He, this is a mind that has never explored. He's just been dictating his you know, dystopia, a la H.G. Wells, all this time, and then doing his Ph.D. work, writing everything he writes in the context of bringing those things about, i.e., um, uh, chimeras, you know, uh, humans and lion together, you know, as a hybrid human lion. He likes that one, the human and the lion. Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, the Frank. I, this book is so small. The book I have is called Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, and I'm going to get into it, folks, when I can. There is uh, just perusing this book. There is so much to mark and outline already that I literally have the whole thing outlined, you know, and it's because, um, you know, or marked, uh, because he, 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 he just compounds, um, you know, he'll, he'll take a point and he'll just keep compounding it, you know, over and over again. And um, he's pretty much poisoned by liberal politics and, you know, it's, 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 it's really a tough read because it doesn't flow. It's, it's more like a guy that just keeps saying, hey, look, we can put these bionic arms, this guy lost his arms, and what we can do is take these bionic arms and give him the arm, and put it on the guy with the body, and those arms work according to telepathy. Isn't that great? And, um, you know, there's, there's, um, it's okay. You know, it's, it's not like um, the luminary writings of the, uh, you know, the Aquarian Conspiracy and, you know, Friedhof Kappa, the Tao of Physics and, you know, the Parabola Magazine and Dreams and, you know, anything but Jesus, right? And yet we had uh, the main teacher, the main Pied Piper of it all, William Campbell, um, you know, um, was it William? I, it's been so long since I've read his book. You know, hero with a thousand faces, not William, but, well, you know, he influenced a lot of, uh, he influenced Lucas, you know, Star Wars, with his hero with a thousand faces in terms of story structure. So, yeah, they all glommed on, and, you know, it's okay, but then that gave way to now the the new batch of intelligentsia, which is uh, Harari is at the top of it. So I thought I'd better familiarize one. No, no, there's nothing in there that's a surprise to that. Like, wow, I didn't think he thought this. Well, maybe there's hope for him yet. You know, there's not one thing in there that's like that. But then again, I need to really scour it with a fine tooth comb.
and uh, I will. <laughs> the Gilgamesh Project. Oh my God, no. <laughs> Please help us. Uh, oh dear. We will be as gods, he says, you know, capable of, you know, they all believe that human was not made right and we have to, we have to become like God to, to make it right. And, uh, um, we will be the gods. And without God, you know, see, the thing is, we wouldn't be here to say something like that. So it's, it just becomes this conundrum of idiocy. And um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try to get my way through it. I, I've, um, I don't have much in the way of patience anymore. You know, it's, the, the clock is ticking, folks. Anyway, this back to the uh, the coup in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, we've never had a president, and really, for all intents and purposes, Donald J. Trump is the president of the United States in absentia. And he was raided by the people who stole the election, which makes sense because they want to, you know, they, they need to cover their tracks before the American stupid public, which is still in the dark, but still taking jabs. They're still obeying. If you told them to lock down, they'd lock down. You know, they're still, but not as much, though. Because that whole thing, that whole COVID thing fell apart in the sense that they never got their numbers. They never got the deaths they needed. They, they've been set back. They've been broken up. So now comes this raid. After Trump did what? What did Trump do? He got a whole bunch of people of America First people. Uh, elected to run in the races coming up for governors and and legislatures and uh, you know Congress and whatnot. His record was almost perfect, you know, like with like fifty or fifty two candidates that uh, that were you know beholden not to him, not to Trump, but to this idea of America First, which is the death knell to the New World Order. Okay. But the liberals, who are not liberals, but communists, so to the communist media, the communist uh, celeb tards, didn't I tell you the celebrities were awful? Now, here's something delicious to look forward to. Watch the public turn against the celebrities, which is already beginning to happen. You know, at some point, I would think the public would be tired of being lectured to by, you know, Cher and all her amazing knowledge or... Michael Moore or any of these people. It's long since overdue to, to, to throw these fuckers out and to shut them the hell up. You know, don't let them talk as much as anyone else, but they shouldn't be dominating. And, you know, because they have no solution. All they have is control and obey because they're totalitarian, because they know they're going to be living in the fields of Elysium, and you're not. They're going to have an airplane, but you're not. They're going to have a mansion in Bel Air, but you're not. You got it? You're not going to be able to get fuel for your cars. They're going to have, you know, 10 Ferraris, half of them electric. They go 200,000 miles an hour, you know, streaking across the sky. And, you know, the main thing is that you're not, and that's what makes it delicious for them. They love looking out the window down to the streets below, to the squalor, to the tents, to the, to the dirty needles, and to the diapers in the street, to all of that. And they sit up there in their pristine 
twenty million dollar for flat. Looking it all over, just just go by the, the whole point. That's the whole point of my existence. It's to look out that window. Oh, the rush I get. So they build their condos and their high rises, you know, where their squalor in order to suck up even more. And of course, now now that we're getting on to the bloodletting, the idea of, of, yes, it's beginning to seep into the public that these same people, many of them, uh, drink each other's blood. And are responsible for the, the people ask, well, if there was a satanic panic in the 80s, which of course was debunked, there's no such thing as satanic panic, you know, i.e., you know, uh, you know, fake memories. They were all real. It's just they got covered up. But they want that narrative to be, you know, it was just mental illness and just white supremacy. And that's their excuse for everything, meaning their arguments have fallen apart. They fell apart. But, see, I'm not satisfied. Why did I have to wait so long? For even to have a conversation with somebody out there. Why did it take that long? And um, the answer is, it's still not over. They're still not on board. Dang. We must have the American public on board. That Not a split. But they hate Trump so bad, you know, so he's bad. And they hate... Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know who else that they would hate. They hate McCain. I know that. Uh, they would like, uh, you know, a world without, you know, of their new world order, which is the problem is they never prepared for it. As I've said again and again and again, and I'll say it forever. They never built the infrastructure. They never laid down all the uh, whatever kind of energy grid they were going to have. They never, they never made it so they could transition. There is no such thing as transition. That's all a lie to get you to accept the fact that they jacked up your oil on purpose. They want to cut the oil off completely. They want to cut your cars off. They want to cut your food off. They want to cut off your heat. They want to kill you, kill you, kill you, kill you. That's all your government wants is you dead. And they want to be the executioner. And as long as you understand that, I don't think you're going to go back to sleep again. You know, it's, it's like you got to wake your neighbors up. <laughs> Why do they want everyone dead? It's the nature of these, you know, it's like us and them. You know, it's, they've got their secret societies. There's not room for all this giant middle class. It's the upper class and the squalor and poor. Elysium, go look at that movie. That's perfect. With Matt Damon, that's perfect. Perfect, perfect movie. So I would say that... Uh, the, the end of um, 
civilization is now. The beginning of a new age is also now. The age of deceit and imprisonment came in 1936 and 1917. And through that whole period, it was the time for the lockdown. Not now. It'll never work because we're moving into the light. Just whatever that means. Just I, I hate to sound new agey, but just accept it. New agers are, are all left-wingers. So it's, it's, when I say left-wing, I mean communists. They're all you know, globalists, communists, anti you know, they're all big with, the, you know, climate change. <laughs> Al Gore, there won't be any beaches left by 2010. They'll all be gone. And of course, you know, they're all building their houses right up to the high tide line. <laughs> Obama being the latest. <laughs> Dupes! And when they would write me and say, my God, you're wrong about Obama, Zeph, it's just, you know, he wants to give you a hand up, not a hand out. I said, I, I, I just, you know, who's focusing on Obama? You know, he, oh no, there go the, my, my, there they go, my, okay, I, uh, all right, folks, the uh, head, headphones are gone. Let's see if we can keep going without the headphones. All right. No, I really don't mind. You know what I mean? It's I, I like the puppy energy. <laughs> I like the puppy playfulness. Why do they have that idea of reduction, kill, peak oil? You know, peak, remember peak oil? There's no such thing as peak oil. It's unlimited. Listen, I promise you, the uh, oil under the earth, it's, it's, a, it's unlimited. There's enough to feed, you know, a hundred civilizations like this in perpetuity forever and ever, okay? Or until the world blows up or whatever. Uh, I'm just saying, it's a true, there is no such thing as peak oil. <laughs> there is no such thing as climate change. There is no such thing as global warming. I mean, that, I mean sure, the, the earth may warm of half a degree over, you know, a thousand years or something. I mean, there isn't this big, you know, the claim is about taxes. <laughs> the tax thing they spent yesterday during a recession. Are you kidding? Nobody ever passed a tax thing like that. Biggest tax hike ever on the middle class and the lower class during a time of recession where they can't put food on the table or gas in the tank. Oh, no one's ever done that. And that showed me that they're desperate. They need money and that they would never have done that if they thought there was going to be a free and fair election and maybe they don't think there will be one. So they're not worried about it. But there's just about nothing they won't do and all these people in the army and the military, you guys have got to do the right thing. You can't just agree to, after you spent so much time being trained and being, you know, being uh, perfected in your jobs, and after all the 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 the, the whole bit, uh, well, don't you want the other guy to have that same? 
Wow. Uh, yeah. The alarm is going out. Yes, I know it's time for me to. My alarm is going off. Well, anyway, I got up early because I've been, you know, been watching this. I've been watching the fallout, folks. It fell apart. The FBI is too little, too late. They are corrupt. They're disgusting to look at. I'm sorry. They're so obvious. And the communist news media is out there just putting it out everywhere like, like this is normal. It's not normal for you to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and keep almost nothing or have things too expensive to buy or not be able to have housing. Come on now. That's absolutely unacceptable. And on that basis alone, these people should be let go. But, you know, it's a big bureaucracy. It's a big club. And we ain't in it. Well. Okay, so what has to happen now is this. All right, I'm going to tell you exactly what you have to do. I mean, you don't have to do anything, but I mean, exactly what you got to do if you want to beat this thing back right now. Okay, number one, today is the beginning of the mocking time. The mocking, mock, 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 understand? Laugh, mock, meme. It's the most important thing you can do. The, the one thing that gets under the skin worse than anything else, apparently is mocking. Now, let's go Brandon all that on steroids, please. Uh, no guns. No violence right now. That's the, 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 the world is with you. The world is with us. The world is not with the FBI. The world is not with a bunch of spoiled Hollywood le- celebtard brats. The world is not with, um, you know, with the powers that be. Because they got burnt on the COVID, and that's caused them to wake up in mass, and now they're trying to do damage control. But the damage already happened. It fell apart due to COVID and the uh, vaccine falling apart, which is not a vaccine, but it, you know, it's a it's a it's a poison shot. So when the plan of eugenics of murdering all these people fell apart, no, we were not strong enough to go arrest the bad guys because we are cowards. But we have to, some of us at least, get out of that cowardly thing. And one good way to do it is comedy, mocking. I know this would be a lot of fun for people. You know what I mean? There's a good chance to do this. And, uh, you know, if you, you can get these, you know, the cheapest thing on the internet to get? Stickers. You go to you know, Amazon or any of these places, you know, Walmart, uh, you know, or your own sticker place and get stickers that are like you know anti you know biden anti this and that whatever and they just go on gas stations and you know cars like you see a obama sticker or something on an old car you put this on there and freshen it up a little bit uh yeah stickers are good mocking tools
And if you, you know, if you can imagine doing that, I would imagine it's like once you get your first couple of stickers, you know, stickers. <laughs> um, Twitter, uh, all those, you know, the mocking. I think we'll keep talking about it here. The the FBI has never been really respected, and that is because the FBI is very um, corrupt, and the only way to really respect it would be to tear it down and then f- try to form a new agency, but it should be shut down. Who is? But, I mean, we need that. I mean, now, not 10 years from now. It's got to be now. So, in that spirit, I bid you shalom. And I will see you next time. And uh, it's a very exciting time. Yes, we pray. Lord, we just pray that the uh, real Americans will be able to get together and lift each other up and take their country back from these globalist interests who have uh, usurped the... Uh... Yeah. Okay, ready to go. Sorry. <laughs> In the name of the Most High, I certainly hope you're doing well. Many people don't realize there's such a thing as a cardboard town. Yeah, baby. It's one of those things. That's
come to the right place. Really sad for those who don't take care of that cardboard town. They got like a couple of barber shops and a, and a cake maker right down the street there. You don't want to get that mad over there, no.